Well, this morning we're going to continue our series in 1 John. So I want to invite you, if you have your Bibles with you or your electronic devices, to join me over in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. I'll give you a minute to, to get there. And follow along as I read, beginning with verse 1 of 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard was coming, and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God, and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth, and the spirit of error. Back in 2007, there was a book that was written entitled Made to Stick. It was written by two brothers, Chip and Dan Heath. One is at Harvard, the other is at Stanford. And they did a study to try to determine why certain things that were told stick and we believe them and other things don't stick because many times there are things that are untrue that people just accept and then there are truths that don't seem to stick now I'm letting you know this book was written in 2007 because this is not a commentary on what is going on right now nor am I trying to make any type of political statement by what the authors said. I'll get to my point in just a moment, but listen to what they wrote. Mark Twain once observed, a lie can get halfway around the world before the truth can even get its boots on. His observation rings true. Urban legends, conspiracy theories, and bogus public health scares circulate effortlessly. Meanwhile, people with important ideas, businessmen, educators, politicians, journalists, and others, struggle to make their ideas stick. So we are often faced with things that we have to choose whether we're going to believe them or not believe them. 
Now, one of the problems we have with the stories we hear in the world is we do not always have objective data in order to evaluate those stories and those things that we are being told. However, when it comes to the area of theological truth, we have a standard by which we can examine whatever we are being told. That standard is the Word of God. We don't have to choose to believe something based on emotions. We don't have to choose to believe something based on what the masses are believing. The standard for us as the children of God is the Word of God. Now, as John writes here in 1 John 4, he says to the people, and first of all, he gives two commands. He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Now actually, the tense in the Greek is this. Stop believing every spirit. So there were those that John is writing to that they have been deceived and they have just accepted what they were being told. And at that time, there was a very influential false teacher. His name was Serinthus. Someone has talked about him and said he is probably the greatest heretic that ever lived that we don't know his name. But he was said to be, first of all, a very eloquent speaker. And often eloquent speakers can sway people by emotions to believe things that are not true. He was said to be very personable. He had a personality that people loved to be around him. They said he was a marvelous salesman. He could sell anything to anyone. But the problem was his message was from the evil one. Many people were flocking to him. And part of the reason that this book was written is John is refuting the message that was coming from Serenthus that said Jesus did not have true humanity. So he is a false teacher, and John is writing, and he says, Stop believing every spirit. See, it doesn't matter how popular someone is. It doesn't matter how popular a message is. We have to examine it by the word of God. Jump down with me into verse 5. In verse 5, John says, They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. John's first command to us is, Don't believe every spirit. And he's saying to us as Christians, don't be gullible. You know, unfortunately, Christians can be some of the most gullible people in the world. Now, please don't take that as an insult. Our problem is we want to believe people. We want to believe what others tell us. And often we accept things as being true without putting them through the filter of absolute truth 
And theologically, we want to believe that what people are sharing is true, but we must put it through the filter of God's word. So do not believe every spirit. He then gives another command, but test the spirits. It's to test them for approval. Find out whether what they're teaching lines up with the word of God and stands approved or does not stand up for the word of God. This book is the objective standard. Now, I know that runs contrary to what we are told in our world today. What we're told in our world today is everybody can have their own truth. You can have your truth, I can have my truth, and even if they're diametrically opposed to each other, they can both be true. If you listen carefully, you will hear that dialogue going on in our culture. What is your truth? For us as Christians, this book is our truth. And it is objective, and we can use it as the standard to examine things by. Test the spirits. If you jump down to verse 5 with me, he says, they are from the world. I, I'm sorry, jump to verse 6. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Now, some take that statement to say that it's referring to all Christians. But in this case, and though it is true that as believers we're from God, and we'll talk about that in a moment, this statement in verse 6 is put there to be against the statement that was made in verse 5. We are from God. That is John writing and saying, we, we as the apostles are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Remember the words of Jesus, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And so what John is saying, as the apostles, we are relaying to you the message of God. And what we speak to you, true believers will hear this. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Because what were the apostles doing? They were passing on the scriptures. They're writing the scriptures and preaching the scriptures. So if we know God, we will listen to the apostles and their teaching, which we now have as the word of God. And he goes on and says, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So do not believe every spirit. Test the spirit. And he goes on in verse 1 and says, see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. There were many false prophets in the time of John. And guess what? There are even more today. And it's important that we test them. It is impossible for us to believe the truth without rejecting error. Now, Jesus and the other apostles warned us that false teachers were coming. Jesus in Matthew 7, 15, verse, verses, Matthew 7, verses 15 and 16. Beware of false prophets 
who come to you in sheep's clothing and inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. The Apostle Paul in John chapter 20, he was saying goodbye to the Ephesian elders. He said this to them. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will men arise speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. The Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 writes, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. There are false teachers out there. There are false prophets out there. I don't care how popular they are with the masses. I don't care what kind of following they have. I don't care how big their TV and radio programs happen to be. There are people out there that are proclaiming false teaching. And we, as God's children, must stand firm on the teachings from the Word of God. Amen. Now, next, what we see in the passage is the test. And what we're going to see, the test is always about Jesus. The test is always about Jesus. Look at verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that come, that does not confess Jesus, is not from God. John zeroes in. It's all about Jesus. I can remember years ago when we had uh, Adventure Kids. We were calling it then Kids with a Mission, our big vacation Bible school during the summer that unfortunately we can't have this year. Sorry, kids. We'll have it as soon as we can in the future. But... Uh, this was years ago. My son was serving here, Brian, and his job was to be the MC at Kids with a Mission and in the opening exercise to get them all riled up, get them, you know, just get that spirit pumping. And one of the things that he did is he would have the kids repeat after him, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And this auditorium would be filled with kids who would be screaming, it's all about Jesus. And John is saying with these false teachers, it's all about Jesus and who he is. Can we say that this morning? It's all about Jesus together. It's all about Jesus. Now, notice that in those who teach false doctrine, they have a false view of Jesus. We have the Christian scientists. What do they tell us? They say that Jesus was a mere man, that he was not God. It's not who Jesus was. Jesus was the God-man. We have Jehovah Witnesses, that cult that would tell us that Jesus was the first created being. Jesus is not a created being. Go back in eternity past as far as you can go, and you're going to find the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in complete harmony with one another. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is not a created being. 
We have the Mormons. And in recent years, we've had some voices that are telling us, well, you know, we should just accept the Mormons as another church, like another denomination, and they should be accepted as true Christians as well. And yet the, the Mormons will tell you that Jesus was never the eternal, unchangeable God, but that Jesus was a man who became God. The Mormons will tell you that Jesus was the half-brother of Lucifer, a created being. That is not who our Savior is. Our Savior is not a created being. He is the eternal God, and he is not the half-brother of Lucifer. Go to what I will call our modern-day liberals and the message that they proclaim. What are they telling us? They're telling us that Jesus was just a good man who came and set a good example for us, but he definitely was not God. He wasn't deity. That's not what the Bible says. They will tell us that Jesus was not born of a virgin. You know, after all, we're too, uh, we've arrived too high intellectually to believe some fable that Jesus was born of a virgin. Yet, my friends, if Jesus was not born of a virgin, then he was not sinless, and then he could not be the sin-bearer for us. Jesus was the perfect Son of God, born of a virgin. Us being told today that he did not rise from the dead, either he just pretended to be dead, and we have others that would tell us that he arose just spiritually, not physically. Really? Then why would he invite Thomas to come and handle it? To come and to see where the sword was pierced into his, to his side. Why would he do such a thing? Because he proclaimed to them, you'll see that a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone like I have. It's all about Jesus and who Jesus really is. Jesus is the Christ. That means the anointed one, the Messiah from the Old Testament. And Jesus has come in the flesh. He is perfectly God and perfectly man. He is the God-man. Not 50-50, he's 100% God and 100% human. That's who our Savior is. And those who deny that are teaching a false doctrine. And they are false teachers. Now, please, however, also recognize this. By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses. Remember, we talked about this word to confess. It means to look at the way someone else looks at. Well, in this case, what's important is how does God look at it? What is our confession? It's not enough to confess in saying, I know this as a fact. The demons knew who Jesus was. Throughout his earthly ministry, they would proclaim him. They knew who he was. The book of James tells us the demons believe and they even tremble. It's not enough to know the facts. This idea of confessing involves your will and committing yourself to him. So the test is about Jesus. Then John gives us a bunch of information. 
Notice he says at the end of verse 3, this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Now we've, we've talked about in this book this term, Antichrist. The word Antichrist doesn't mean just against. It means against by replacing. So that those who are an Antichrist, there are many Antichrists, there's the spirit of Antichrist, there's the message of Antichrist, and ultimately there will be the Antichrist who will be here on the earth proclaiming himself to be God in the temple in Jerusalem. Anti-against. And see what happens? Not only they're against, but they're in place of. So in each of the false religions, each of the cults, each of the false teaching. They're replacing Jesus with something else. There's not salvation through Jesus and Jesus alone. They're replacing him with a counterfeit. Their teaching about Jesus is their teaching about a Jesus that they put in place of the true Son of God. So when they say he is not truly God or he is not truly human, they're putting their own imagination of a being there. So it's in place of Christ. And so John says to him, this is the spirit of Antichrist. Look, what you believe and what is being taught either has its source from God or it has its source from the devil, the great liar. It's one or the other. This is the spirit of Antichrist which you heard was coming and now was in the world already. Little children, you are from God. The word for little children means one who has been begotten, one that's been born again, one that's been born from above. You little children, you are from God. If you're here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you are born again, when you are born from above, you now are from God. John wants to remind us of who we are. Remember, we had a whole series in which we talked about our identity in Christ. We as Christians should not forget who we are. We are from God. We are God's children, and we are to rest in that truth. And John is writing this to encourage them. And then he says this, we are from God and have overcome them. If you're truly God's child, you have overcome these antichrists. You have overcome these false teachers. Well, how do we do that? 1 John 5 verses 4 and 5 tells us, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? We have overcome them by the belief that we have in the Son of God. And then notice what he says next. Because I think this is a key to understanding. How are we able to overcome them? He says this. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 
I often think of this and contemplate on this verse because I think sometimes we forget what is being said here. He who is in you. Who's he talking about here? The Spirit of God. At the moment of salvation, the Spirit of God comes to reside inside a Christian. Think of that for a moment. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's part of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He has all the attributes of God. He's a sovereign God. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. And He lives inside of us. No wonder we can overcome. We have God Himself living inside of us. So friends, no matter what challenge is before you, no matter what trial is before you, no matter how dark and desperate it may seem, if your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God is within you. God is with you. And once again, if God be for us, who can stand? And so John is saying, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And see, John, in addressing these believers as little children and reassuring them that they are from God, he is encouraging them that they can stand against these false teachers. Oh yes, oftentimes as believers, we seem to be intimidated. We're intimidated by people who are eloquent speakers. Or maybe we're intimidated by people because of all the degrees they've had and the colleges that they've gone to and the titles that they have. And we hear all of that and we just want to kind of shrink back when they're teaching that which is false. We don't have to because we have the truth and we are the children of God. And you don't have to out-argue them. You don't have to feel that you've got to be as eloquent as they are, but neither do you need to be intimidated by them when you understand what the Word of God says and you stand upon that because greater is the one in us. And he is greater than any of those false teachers. It doesn't matter who. And so then he goes on and says, they're from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. The world is going to follow false teachers. The world is going to follow false prophets. And ultimately, the world is going to follow the Antichrist. They're going to follow, but we're not of the world. We are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Paul, in referring to the believers in Berea, in Acts chapter 17, actually it's Luke who writes these words. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the, examining the scriptures daily 
to see if these things were so. That's our responsibility. We're to not believe every spirit, and we are to test the spirits, and we test them in the light of God's word. If it lines up, we accept it. Friends, I say to you, that is your responsibility, no matter who you're listening to, whether it's a pastor from this church, whether it's a senior pastor of this church. Whoever you listen to who is giving you spiritual truth, you examine in the light of God's word. Now, keep in mind, in Acts, they were checking up on the Apostle Paul to see whether the things he told them were true or not. And if Paul proclaims and Luke proclaims they were more noble, then certainly I say to you, you check up on everything you hear because this is our standard. So let me encourage you this morning. One, as believers, let's not be gullible. Let's not be gullible. Let's not believe every truth that is, everything that someone says is truth headed our way. Let's examine it to see whether it's true or not. And let's test it against the standard. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how clear your word is. And I would pray, Lord, that you would empower every believer that's here this morning. Strengthen them. Encourage them. Father, I pray if there's anyone here this morning who doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you would speak to their hearts, that their eyes might be open, that they might see the truth, and that they would believe in Jesus, call upon his name, and be saved. We thank you for our privilege to meet together. This we pray in Jesus' name.